0: Pull those belts tight, put on your helmet, and grab a gear. It's time for another high-speed episode of Race Chaser Media's Motorsports Madness, powered by MyComputerCareer.edu. Training for a better life. Let's throw the green and send it to the hosts in the studio.
1: I have a feeling this is the part of the show where I start and go, Hi, guys, and everybody goes, Wait, who is that? (laughs) Well, yeah, because you haven't been here in a while, and you sound like Barry White. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> ouch <laughs> thanks randy anyway this is motorsports madness and contrary to popular belief i've not dropped off the face of the earth and died i'm jacob Seelman. Uh, Randy Miller is over there harassing me, which is probably a good thing. I, to, I've missed it for three weeks. I know. I'm sorry. And uh, I'll get Camera Guy to work his magic, and we'll snap over to the other side of the room and bring in uh, Blake Harris as well because, well, I needed a third voice for tonight, and Blake got, uh, Blake got nominated more or less. I've,
2: it's been a longer time since I've been here than you.
1: This is only my second appearance here. I know. Something like that. But it's okay. We all worked it out. We have reasons for that. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh. Blake's going to get it from You're going to get it too. tonight. So, I like it. All right, James Mellick, aka Red is punching buttons and keeping us all straight or trying to failing miserably, maybe.
3: Yeah, I'm trying. It's a lot going on right now, but Something
1: like that. <laughs> yep. And I think in just a moment, unless there's already lights telling us we've got him, uh, Melick will tell me we do have him. I think uh, so- somewhere in the wide world of, of, of phone service or <laughs> wide world of sports, I don't know which. I've I've lost track. We have Snowball Derby winner Travis Brayden, who's going to be joining us on this edition of the Madness, and maybe that maybe that's against his better judgment because I, I, Randy knows uh, and, and he knows we're all crazy, so we're we're just going to move on with that. Yeah. Uh, I, I tried to break the news <clears throat> to him. He still wanted to call in. You got to give him kudos for a green to come on. Even Lord. though we're all crazy, I give I give him credit. Me- Melick se- says we're good. Travis, are you uh, somewhere in the wide world of sports out there? Try again. He was muted. Oh, he was muted. Well. Yeah. We're we're all confused. I
4: got him on.
5: I'm here. There, there we go. go. We, can blame, okay. we can blame Blake for this.
1: <laughs> well, I'm gonna blame Bla- blame Blake for everything <laughs> tonight, anyways. So, anyway, awesome. So that's at least okay, at proof least that we talk. have Travis and. Uh, I wish I had more time in the first segment to really dig into this Snowball Derby victory with Travis, but we're going to hold him on the phone for just a minute. We we, we introduced him. We know he's here, and we'll uh, dig into Pensacola with him right after this first break. It's Motorsports Madness. You're seeing why we call it that already, and we'll be back with more on WSIC-TV and PMN right after this.
6: Hi, this is Ross
2: Chastain. You're listening to Race Chaser Radio. Now, back to the show.
10: Like, pay no attention to the man behind the curtain. Because (laughs) it's always, you know, it's always an adventure over there. Wow, He's in his own little land over there.
1: No, I'm in my own little hey, show. We which did we need find to get you a future to. sponsor for the show, though. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, please. I want to get back to actually talking about racing for a few minutes. Welcome back to Motorsports Madness, powered by mycomputercareer.edu, Training for a better life. Jacob Zielman, Randy Miller, Blake Harris. This is going to be a scary lineup looks tonight. Like him. On the Strutmasters.com hotline, we're we're going to do this how we should have done this in the opening segment. Try this again the right way this time. We have 52nd annual Snowball Derby champion. Travis Braden on with us and I imagine Travis first off welcome to the show finally because I've wanted to get you on for a couple years now and just haven't been able to make it happen but I imagine that whole moniker of snowball derby champion you're not going to get tired of hearing that anytime soon huh?
5: (laughs) Yeah um, definitely probably won't ever get tired of it and uh, it's been a really crazy week trying to get caught back up and you know, the race being pushed to Monday night and everything, and PRI starting on Thursday, today. Um, you know, it's been a tiring week, but I definitely can't say I'm tired of it, if you know what I mean.
1: Oh, no, for sure. Have you, have you really, because you had to basically go straight from, from the derby to PRI because of the rain pushing it to Monday, I mean, have you really even had any time to soak this in yet?
5: <laughs> well, I did take, um, you know, we actually... By the time we got to, to bed Monday night, it was like 3 o'clock in the morning and uh, had to head to the airport at like 4.30 in the morning. So didn't really get a lot of sleep and just kind of rolled through uh, Tuesday and Wednesday. You know, I, I thought it was really cool the amount of people that reached out and said congratulations or, you know, said something about it. And so I wanted to take the time. And it, it took me pretty much the full two days. I haven't even quite caught up yet. Uh, Just to go through and respond to everybody and read, you know, I want to read everything that every single person said and make sure I say thanks. It's not many times you get to, you know, you get to do something like this. So I definitely want to show my appreciation and, and uh, I guess that was a good way of kind of letting it all soak in was just reading all the cool stories and a lot of people brought up stuff from the past in my career and all the days that got me to this, to this day, you know?
1: So, for those who don't know or or may not have seen, we're living under a rock, anything like that. Uh, Travis <laughs> won Monday night's rain postponed snowball derby in the Tech Shed, which you know, as he said to me right after the race, is never how you want to win one, but uh, a win is a win. Came across the, the line second, and then uh, was able to capitalize when when Stephen apparent race winning car was disqualified for a. Titanium violation in the brakes. Uh, So the 26 car goes to victory lane and caps the ultimate whirlwind of a week. I know you and I talked this over a little bit, Travis, uh, actually on the banking there in turn three after tech, after everything was done Monday night. But how do you even begin to describe what that week in Pensacola was from the practice accident? to scraping your way in through qualifying to a spin in the first overtime to come all the way back to second, think that was good enough, and then, hey, by the way, you just won the snowball derby.
5: Yeah, and I mean there's there was a lot of things that happened in the race itself that were quite a roller coaster too. But yeah, I mean that's you asked the question what was the week like and that's probably the best way to describe it. It was a it was a roller coaster. Um, you know, coming into this race, my, my team, uh, team platinum this year has been honestly just a dominant force and we've had hardly any results to show for it. We just had no luck, but truly a team capable of coming down and competing this year for the win. So we didn't come into the race with a lot, you know, with a lot of worry. We felt like we were more than capable and we showed that in practice right off the bat, uh, top, top 10, top five, in pretty much every practice. And then you have that wreck right at the end of final practice, and it's like your whole week just turned upside down, your whole year, really. Um, the Snowball Derby was meant to be for us to come and kind of redeem ourselves for the lack of results from the whole season. And it was just like, man, just another another story just like every other week, right? It just We just had no luck this year. And um, so we didn't get too down, though. We, we fixed the car. My guys did a heck of a job to get it back together alone, let alone – fast enough to make it in time for qualifying. And the car was still fast enough to qualify in the show with no practice uh, after the repairs. So that was a huge blow. And then we recovered, made it in the show. So now we're back on a high. And then, you know, you go through practice on Saturday. We were really fast. So that's another high. And then you start the race and we right off the bat, first cost of the race, we go a lap down. Uh, we got caught on payroll, didn't get back out before the pace car, and got a lap down. And it's like, you know, it just can't catch a break. And recovered from that, you know, we knew we had time, so we were patient, but it wasn't what we wanted. We wanted to just start going forward right away. And somehow, someway, we played a strategy, and we got up into the top five or six by halfway through the race, believe it or not. And then we kind of were just trying to maintain that and get back on cycle with all the other cars up front. For the next hundred laps, and then we got a caution with like fifty to go, and that put us in position to 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 do that to get on cycle and go for the go for the win. So we did just that, and we got a restart late, and there again another another roller coaster ride. I got got a good launch off a of two one lap and made it three wide for second. Got to second place, and then I got spun with two laps to go, and again. Think your whole weekend, your whole season is basically ruined at that point. And, you know, we had to restart like 11 with two laps to go, thinking, okay, you know, let's try to salvage a top 10, but there's really no chance anymore to win this race. Mm-hmm. And, you know, obviously the misfortune of Ty Majeski and quite a few others played to our benefit. They all wreck. We get to restart again with two more laps to go on the outside in fourth. And somehow, some way, the car stuck. And we finished second. And then there you go again. It's a roller coaster ride of waiting in tech for eventual disqualification and a win. It's just uh, the whole week, the whole season. I can't even describe how much of an up and down battle it was. And this is quite a way to finish it off.
1: You and Team Platinum have actually been together. Uh... You know for the last couple of years now, does it mean that much more to be able to go down and like you said, your first real start in the feature at the derby but but to do it with this team that's had your back through the last couple of years the way they have
5: oh yeah that's the that's the whole thing man I mean, it'd be cool to win a snowball derby, but it is really cool to win it with those guys uh small team, pretty much all of them have raced their whole life their whole lives um but most of it was spent racing, you know, quote-unquote locally. Uh, they had, Most of them had toured around a little bit, but never, you know, never competed for wins in snowball derbies and all that kind of stuff. Uh, most of them hadn't even competed in a snowball derby, whether as a driver or as a crew member or whatever. Um, so, you know, just just to, to know the circumstances for my whole team and, you know, who are up against, some of the teams in the – the knowledge of stuff that we're up against and to go down there and just compete first of all, but then end up winning the race. I mean, it's, it's a, it's a cool story. And I mean, I'm talking about it kind of like as if I'm not even a part of it, you know, because I'm a big fan of them and their team, even though I'm a part of the team, I still kind of take a step back a lot and just look at it, you know, from an outside perspective and say, how cool is it that they can even, you know, come close to accomplishing that, let alone getting it done. You know,
1: Randy, I know we've got about a minute left in this segment. So uh, before we go to break here, what what was your biggest takeaway from Derby Week?
10: The, the chaos, mass chaos. <laughs> I mean,
1: from all the wrecks to you know, eventually
10: the the disqualification that led to Chavez getting the win. Uh, but when we when we come back, I, I know that the Snowball Derby has a history of of taking drivers to the next echelon of our sport. So when we come back from break, I want to ask him if he's thought about what this might do to his career going forward.
1: Fair enough. And that's actually something that even he and I didn't weren't able to dig too deep into uh, during our conversation uh, in the in the wee hours of Tuesday morning, because I think it was close to midnight central time by the time he and I actually got Ooh. to talk about the win afterwards. So uh, me. as Randy mentioned, <laughs> we're going to get ready to uh, duck away to a commercial break. But when we return, we'll have more with Travis Braden, the winner of the 52nd Annual Snowball Derby at Five Flags Speedway. Before we do that, we'll do a little bit of business for our sponsors and continue with Motorsports Madness powered by mycomputercareer.edu right after this.
6: or you can email them at office at bsrinc.com. Drift Nirvana, getting you sideways the right way.
10: Hey, this is Reed Wilson, and you're listening to Race Chaser
1: Radio. Now back to the show. Welcome back to Motorsports Madness, powered by mycomputercareer.edu. Training for a better life, Jacob Seelman, Randy Miller, Blake Harris, Tom Baker is off gallivanting at PRI somewhere. We we hope he's not getting into too much trouble, but... Or I renting a, a goat. No No comment. <laughs>
10: You know, we should do Facebook Live one day during commercial break. (laughs) No. That would be the greatest quality television. (laughs) Let's not. And and re-bringing us back all ties in together. Yeah, (laughs) something like that. Anyway, on the
1: strutmasters.com hotline, we still have... The winner of the 52nd annual Snowball Derby, Travis Braden, with us, and uh, actually, I'm going to see the Florida Randy here for a minute because he had a really good idea for uh, for something to ask before the break, and I don't want to steal his thunder.
10: No, it's fine. I just uh, those of you who have kept up with the Snowball Derby know that the this, the race has a history of producing future winners in our sport. Eric Jones won it twice. Um, you know, guys like Kyle Busch have competed in it. A lot of those guys that have won have gone on to become Cup Series regulars and Cup Series stars. Uh, and so my question, Travis, is I know you um, have spent most of your the last few years of your career in the Arca Series, but have you thought about what this win in the Sonoma Derby might do to you going forward into maybe 2021 or 2022 in terms of maybe getting up into the Xfinity Series, Truck Series, maybe even a Cup Series ride?
5: I mean, yeah, yeah. Um I think you're always thinking about ways to to keep your career building, and and um, you know we're we're in a business of marketing, you know, and advertising, and and all those things. So it, it's uh, it's a great tool to do all those things with, and that comes whether it's dealing with you know the serious promoters and track promoters, our team, my own brand. Um, I mean, that's a huge thing to be able to put on your resume: the Snowball Derby. And the reason why is because you look at those statistics, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, people that have won it before, what are their resumes like? Most of them are extremely impressive. Mine's probably the least impressive of anyone that's ever won the Derby. And, um, but a lot of times that's how you, you know, that's how a lot of those, uh, those resumes started, was with a big Derby win and might have been more comparable to my current you know, status. And then you look at them a couple years later and it's a big change. And so, absolutely, uh, I think about it all the time. Uh, my, my girlfriend Jess and I have actually, it's crazy timing because we've been really heavily working on a lot of plans for the next couple of years in racing, uh, trying to work with all of the, the leadership and, and create a path for ourselves. And this is just perfect timing to have a little bit of an extra advantage in all of what we're doing. And, um, so it probably a little bit of an unconventional path than some of the guys that you look at in recent history, but nonetheless, I think it is, is just what you said. It's a great opportunity to help try to propel, uh, my career to the next, to the next level for sure. Yep.
10: It only takes that one win to get noticed, you know, it's that one big win on your resume to go, Oh, I know, I know who this guy is now. And, yeah. you know, it's, it makes your career skyrocket it, in some ways.
5: Yeah. Well, the, the best part about it is, I mean, there's, and I'll give you an example. A lot of people have uh, that stopped and talked to me before the race or after the race, and I'm sure going forward it will be more the same, um, had heard my name, you know, but they never really knew what, you know, put a face to the name. And so that's the mm-hmm. thing. Again, it's kind of a marketing and advertising tool. Just Just competing in the snowball before I even started the race did a ton that whole week. To, to bring the level you know to bring the visibility of my brand up and that's that's the goal that's what we want in short track racing for everybody including the sport itself is just to keep growing mm-hmm. and uh know, that's what gives you opportunities for success because it is a sponsorship driven sport from top to bottom and that's all it takes so yeah it's a it's a phenomenal tool and I can't wait to see how the next couple of years unfold for for myself and my team and and uh, my girlfriend and I's, you know, our life together and everything else, it's pretty cool.
1: So you had only been you had only been down for the Derby one other time, and you did not make the the field for the 300 lap or in that one. So this was your first time actually in the field. But I believe I already saw on your Twitter uh, in in the last couple of days here that there's no question now that you've won it. Uh, you you got to come back and defend it, right?
5: Yeah, well, and heck, we didn't even know until until um, the next day or two after the race, we were informed that uh, when you win the Derby, you're automatically locked into next year's Derby. So, I mean, we we would be stupid not to come back. And even before knowing that, we were we were already wanting to come back and planning on coming back. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, we it, and at this point, it's it's funny, you know, you you want to take time to let it all sink in, but now, um, you know, us all of us racers kind of have a a disease, if you will, because it's already like, okay, now we want to go win a, a second one, and we want to make sure the second one we actually cross the finish line first, you know, and and um, <laughs> we don't even take time to just let it all soak in. We're already focusing forward, and and uh, but we are enjoying it. And, yeah, absolutely, we're going to be back next year.
1: So what you and Team Platinum, I know this relationship has been such a positive one, for for you and for that team you know what have you guys got planned for 2020 uh had, had you even had you guys even gotten that far before you went down for the derby yeah,
5: yeah we actually did we um you know a couple probably six months ago i, I kind of come up with a little bit of started working on my own plans and i approached team platinum about you know just letting them know what my plans were and they were really excited team ona team owner, mine, Aburba was really excited and liked, liked what I was, what we were working on. And so we decided to talk a little further about it and we come together with, with an agreement for next year to go racing together, even more than this year, probably. And, you know, we don't have a schedule, but a lot of that's just because of the fact that a lot of the schedules haven't come out yet, or they're just now Mm -hmm. coming out. So, um, the goal is to, to, to focus on a lot of these big races and, you know, try to go, try to go win some of the shows that we've been really close to winning in the past, and just haven't made it happen yet. And you know, provide the value for the sponsors we have, and we have some new sponsors that are wanting to get on board. And, and uh, it's a really fun time. Everyone's doing really well in this sport right now, and we want to help. You know, continue that. Do our part to continue that, um, and be a face of it if we if we can. You know, we want to be the
1: forefront of all of it so real quickly I know we've got a couple of minutes left before you've got to run off to other obligations Uh, to step away from the snowball for just a second what did you take away from your full season this year with RFMS in in the ARCA series this year because I I, I get the sense that uh, um, just from hearing you talk that you don't have ARCA plans right now for next year but what did you take away from at least being able to do the whole tour this year and contend for the title as long as you guys did
5: it took, took a lot away, really. And, you know, some people don't know and don't realize or whatever, but I actually, you know, I've, I've actually worked full time on that equipment for the past two years or so. And when I say full time, I mean 70, 80 hours a week, every week of the year. Um, just, I, I see that I've seen it as a huge value for me to work on cars, you know, that level of cars, right? Those are very comparable to NASCAR trucks and Xfinity and Cup cars. And so it was a really, really valuable experience—not just behind the wheel, driving those types of cars on those tracks, but also getting to work on them and understand them. I had the really great pleasure of working with crew chief Jim Long for the last eight or ten races of the year this year, which you know really brought a a whole you know a whole lot more opportunity to that team, and uh, learned a ton in those last eight races with him. So. Just, uh, the biggest thing was just trying to take as much away from it as I could and we you know I went into it it was a one- year deal and tried to decide whether or not it made sense to do a second year and and uh, debated about that but uh, you know overall I think it did did still help me learn a lot more than what I would have with just one season and that'll be a big big piece of the puzzle if I get an opportunity at the next level you know i've I've not I'm not really coming in completely blind if i if you will
1: so, last question I'll ask you, and then we'll uh, let you get on to what you need to do, Travis. But uh, life-changing week, I would assume for you. I mean, how, d- 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 do you feel any different now than when you went into this, or, or you, is that maybe going to come later yeah. once this really sets in?
5: It's definitely life-changing, and you know, over the years, as as we've accomplished more and more, it actually kind of it gets you, it makes you feel more. Like, um, you know, like you're you're complete, I guess, is the best way to put it. You know, if something, let's say something were to happen to me tomorrow and I never got to drive a race car again, I'd probably be able to live the rest of my life if I, you know, if I was still living and and um, and be happy with what I accomplished and feel like it was all complete, you know. And when you're younger and racing and it's such a hard sport, a lot of times you feel like you're going to get left behind and you're never going to get the chance to show what you can do. And our team feels the same way, and just you know, that's that's what was so special about it. That's 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 why it was life changing, and that's what's life changing about it is just the uh, the sense of accomplishing something that so few will ever get a chance to accomplish, and that nothing is really uh, there's really no bigger feat, you know, than mm-hmm. the snowball derby.
1: Well, uh, we appreciate you taking some time out of your schedule. I know it's been a hugely busy week for you, but we appreciate the time tonight, uh, Travis, and look forward to definitely seeing you back at the racetrack even more in 2020. Congratulations on the Derby victory, and uh, happy holidays as well.
5: All right. Well, I appreciate it a lot, and if you guys ever need me back on or want me back on for anything, you give me a shout. So I appreciate it, and have a good holidays too.
1: Well, we know you're moving down here to North Carolina before too long, so we'll definitely make that happen after you and Jess get settled in.
5: All right. Yeah, get us both on. That would be... That would be entertaining. Huh? Oh, that, oh, boy.
1: <laughs> Lord help, that'll be fun. <laughs> Randy's already smiling. Yes. Uh, that's Travis <laughs> Braden, uh, winner of the 52nd Annual Snowball Derby at Five Flags Speedway, Super Late Model Crown Jewel. He's actually got two of the three legs of the Super Late Model Triple Crown now. Just needs that All-American 400, which there's been some news about that that mm-hmm. we'll talk about later when this show rolls on as well. But first, we got to step away, do a little more business for our sponsors. When we return, even more Motorsports Madness Powered by my computer career here on WSIC and PMN. Don't go anywhere. We'll be back with more right after this. Derek Krauss was in action during the Snowball Derby uh, in Five Flags and uh, just unfortunately didn't have the run he was hoping for with uh, Donnie Wilson in that two-car uh, with Napa Auto Parts backing. Uh, nor Neither he nor uh, Chandler Smith, another one of the young Toyota drivers in the pipeline, n- neither one of them, Derek nor Chandler, had the success they were looking for. What on earth are you <laughs> doing, Blake?
2: I scoot yeah. it back in my chair because sitting sitting in the same spot for thirty minutes gets kind of uncomfortable, you know. So I'm trying to move the mic, and we got a loose bolt up here. The loose bolt is talking into the microphone.
3: <laughs> <laughs> that was that was good right there, Randy. I didn't see that oh, one coming. No. <laughs> that was good. It's just, uh... Blake is new here. He doesn't understand
10: <laughs> everything <laughs> just, just gonna... picked up on the microphone
3: yet.
2: Just all of a sudden, everybody's eyes get wide. I'm like, oh, Lord, what have yeah. I done? Well, you're the last thing. You've to done hear it, it now.
3: Yeah, I made a pretty good noise. You can't hear that
10: <laughs> banging sound that's going on over there behind the microphone? It's like, it's, that's not me. I don't know who that is. So by process oh my of elimination.
2: Okay, people on TV can see it's this one right here. Yeah. <laughs> it's that one right there. <laughs> Two nuts are loose. I think there's a couple yeah. nuts loose at this table.
1: Welcome back to Motorsports Madness powered by mycomputercrew.edu. I'm going to get this on the right track before we totally lose control of this show.
2: Looks like the Snowball Derby in here. <laughs>
1: Jacob Seelman, Randy Miller, Blake Harris. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's interesting tonight. Um, Tom's going to come back and wonder what we've done. Make the ratings go up.
10: That's exactly what we <laughs> <Yeah. laughs>
1: James Mellick is still punching buttons over there and shaking his head at all of us. Yeah, he's nodding.
3: I'm just... Yep. Look, it's, yep. Ma- it's madness. I, I can see We why even I've made the Grinch smile.
10: Man. Look at that. Even the Grinch is smiling.
1: <laughs> yeah, something like that. Anyway, let's talk about some news, shall we? Uh, while I still have enough no, voice. We only voice have, have an hour,
10: 25 minutes left.
1: Yeah. Oh, boy. And we got another guest too coming up, uh, true. Derek Thorne, the Snowflake 100 winner and a former two-time Arkham Arts Series West Champion. Wow,
3: I actually got that right for the first. But you time. had to stop and think about it. I did have <laughs> I to stop and think had about to it. I go to snail space. But it's can okay. you actually call someone the arca Series West Champion yet? And considering it's not till twenty twenty, na- well, can't we call the, him the, the season West Champion?
1: The season is over, so the name change is now in effect.
3: Okay. okay. Yeah. That's why I was asking. I didn't know. I the figured se- you could still call it the K and series. We, we don't we don't mess
1: around with stuff. As soon as the, the checker
10: flag falls at Homestead, it's already well, twenty
1: twenty. The season is over, and the bank once the banquet is over, That's it's Now it's now officially they've changed the branding on the website, so I think at the at that point it's official. Yeah. So Derek uh, Derek Thorne will be coming up uh, to talk with us here at the top of the hour, and right now we're going to talk about some news. And actually, I'll start with the two biggest news items of the day. On the NASCAR side for a little bit, we'll come back to the Snowball Derby, don't worry. But uh, the first big news item of the day, Randy, John Hunter Nemechek impressed Front Row Motorsports so much in his three-race audition at the end of the year this past year that now, game on, full-time in the NASCAR Cup Series in 2020 Mm -hmm. in the 38 car. Yeah, and he's got Michael McDowell as a teammate. So I like I, it.
10: I think it, when you when you take the youth movement, which we've seen happen, you know, RCR's got uh, Anthony Alfredo now. I so a lot it. of these teams are, are going into that youth movement now and getting these younger drivers. And obviously, you know, John Hunter Nemechek is a second-generation driver. So, I mean, at some point you have to sit back and go, you know, do we keep hiring veteran drivers who are only going to be around for a couple of years Um, to provide us with the data that we kind of need to see where we might be missing out on something? Or do we want to go get that young kid who's going to be with the organization for several years that we can mold into, you know, somewhere down the road, three, four, five years from now, you know, maybe Front Row Motorsports could be the next big team to come up through the ranks and, and, you know, be competitive, especially with the new car coming out in 2021. I feel like you need a younger kid that that may understand, you know, the aerodynamics of a new car better than somebody who's been around the block. (laughs) you know, for 10, 12, 14 years and is getting used to new cars every year because their brain doesn't work quite as well as it used to.
1: See, I don't necessarily mm. disagree with that. I, You know, I, I like the idea of trending Younger Blake. I like the idea of bringing on a driver who kind of wiped the floor with the other two drivers. In, younger on, driver, on the not team. Younger Blake. Oh, yeah, yeah, no, Younger okay. driver, not Younger, younger
2: Blake. Younger Blake was actually a pretty decent right? That was before driver, you I lost remember. a couple of screws, right?
1: He hit a couple of walls too many times. <laughs> I didn't.
2: I got With his, his head, with not walls. with his car. <laughs> oh, my Lord. That's why you invest in window nets, folks. <laughs> <But> <laughs> Pretty much. But I love the sport's going to evolve. And for it to evolve, you need the youth in this sport. These men, these men are not going to be here forever. Get right. the youth involved. But the only problem for me is hope... Is John Hunter Nemechek? Yes, he did better than Reagan or Tift and all of them when he subbed in in the Cup Series. But I was not impressed with the GMS car this past year in the Xfinity Series so much that the that car is basically no more.
1: I was gonna say I think that I think that was a little bit of a GMS problem, not not uh, a John I, I, it Hunter was a problem. a Chevrolet problem. Thank I'll you. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> Nothing to do with GMS because GMS Motorsports
10: wasn't very good either until so the very end when all Geyer got did enough to it get into the final four it took 26 races to get there but eventually
1: they did get, get there eventually
2: exactly then what was Reddick then cuz he ripped off like seven I was going to say R C. I I think RCR yeah, was true.
1: different than the rest of Chevy yeah.
2: it was it was RCR sh- and then Chevrolet it's yeah. a shame
1: <laughs> that can't change yeah. the cup series at least That's true and it's still eh, don't bet on change, it but yeah, no, don't bet on it. I think 2020 into 2021, you're going to see a lot of different. Remember, the new uh, the new Camaro ZL11LE is coming out in the Cup Series next year, and I think that could be a game-changer from an aerodynamic mm-hmm. standpoint. Second big NASCAR news item of the day actually came out about two hours before we first went on the air. Felix Sabatis, who has been involved in either team full-team ownership or co-ownership since the late 1980s, he's retiring And going off to uh, either the Charlotte Hornets or his yacht or both, Randy. Uh, Maybe a combination of the two. But you know what? God bless Felix. They don't make him like him anymore. Mm -hmm. And he's earned the right to call time on his career his way. It's been an incredible run going all the way back to the days when it was Sabco racing with Kyle Petty. And shoot. If nothing else, he gets the award in my mind for the most entertaining man in the garage area for <laughs> many, many, many years.
10: Yeah, there's a lot of YouTube uh, highlights of, of that man. If you go and search his name, there's all kinds of great highlight reels of his interviews on uh, on YouTube to oh, uh, yes. get some chuckles out of. <laughs> but um, definitely, you know, losing losing a figure like him, regardless if it's retirement or whatever, is obviously you know a, a blow to the sport. Just in terms of you know that's that's part of history. That's that's no longer mm-hmm. a part of the sport anymore. But Chip Ganassi, I think it's going to be okay. I mean,
1: oh no, they'll be fine. Hey, both cars made the playoffs, and Kyle Larson went all the way to the round of eight this year. So, technically, Kyle sure. Larson's the hottest <laughs> driver in the country right now,
2: dirt basically just from his dirt prowess right now. This is very true, and
3: we'll get to that too. So, I want to cut in there before we go any farther off Please Felix do. real quick. Um, do you think with Felix leaving over there at Ganassi, and then just last week they asked Kyle, "Hey, what are your plans at Ganassi after the 2020 season?" Do you think that that now makes him the number one, uh, co- you know, driver to fill that seat of the 48 car now over at Hendricks, seeing that Felix is leaving?
1: Nah, no. you don't Not think that all. changes anything. Kyle, like? Kyle's deal, Kyle's deal was done largely with Chip to begin with. I don't, and quite frankly. Kyle said. Kyle was quoted in an NBC Sports article a week or so ago, during, right right before the banquet, that his dirt racing and the ability to do that will be the key to his next deal in NASCAR. Can we make speculation on that while we're on the topic? We can speculate, but I w- let let me finish my thought here real okay. quick first. Otherwise, <laughs> don't I'll-
10: interrupt him. He will never come back.
1: <laughs> yeah, I really won't. Um, now, so uh, point being there. I don't think there's a chance, a snowball's chance in you know where that Larson is the studio apparently. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Travis <laughs>
10: Braden didn't think he had yeah. a
2: snowball chance either, but look what happened.
9: It worked. <laughs> <laughs> it well, worked. Well, I,
10: I think with Kyle Larson though, the only way he's going to leave Ganassi is if he finds a team that's going to let him sprint car race and even I, more, Stuart he, Haas. Right, and you know that's the, my that's speculation the team because everybody says you know it's going to be Larson in the in the Hendrick car, but. When Casey Kane was in there, he couldn't sprint race. Oh, he couldn't so sprint race when he was at. He, he could, but he I think he was limited to like okay. one I race saying, I or two. he got to drive like he, when he, he was, was over very limited well. to the amount of races that should, hmm. that Rick would let him drive. So right, um, that's not going to change. So unless unless Rick kicks the bucket tomorrow and Gordon you know gains ownership and says, "Sure, you can sprint car race all you want to," it's not going to happen. Larson's going to stay at Ganassi.
1: No, see, I I definitely agree with that. Uh, You know, Kyle and Chip have a lot of really good camaraderie over the years, and, and Chip has been very, very supportive of Kyle's sprint car efforts and, and actually was out to a few of Kyle's dirt track races this year uh, during the middle of the season before the playoffs got started, which I thought was really, really cool to see. You know, Chip's really Chip's really found a love for that stuff now that Kyle's kind of introduced him to it. So, uh, I no, I don't think he's going anywhere. I think he, uh, unless Tony Stewart comes calling, I think he stays right where he is.
10: He might fill the second half of the Chili Bowl lineup.
1: Nah. Well, Mm. if he
10: starts buying sprint cars left and right, it will be Ganassi and Klaus and Marshall Racing.
1: You're Mm -hmm. maybe not wrong. um, But wait,
2: 672
10: entries, half (laughs) of them Ganassi, half of them.
2: That's another reason. If he goes and races for Tony Stewart, Kyle Larson's sprint team versus Tony's sprint team on the outlaw side in 2021.
1: How much fun would that be? Mm -hmm. Oh, boy, oh, boy. (laughs) Well... We can only
2: you'd, hope. You'd have to expand your show to three hours.
10: <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, no kidding. We almost had to with all the news that's been breaking this that's week. And we nice. still yeah, have a trust. lot of news
1: to talk about, so we, let's move on. We do. PRI has given us next, many, hit, hit, many, where's, where's many, 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 many things. Hit the Where, where's the dinger? Hit the dinger. <laughs>
10: there you go. Hit next.
2: Okay. Well, That was the weakest. <laughs> there, there we, go. There we go. go. The headphone cord got between the dinghy. <laughs> <laughs> the dinghy and the oh, thingy. Go. Go. <laughs> There's yeah. so many jokes here go yeah. please. <laughs> We're just, right. Yeah, moving
1: on. Anyway, yeah, uh back to PRI news and the thing that Blake wants to get to because he he wore the hat can, can we show the hat just just for sake of of proving there. There there's the hat. Blake wore the DryDeen hat because DryDeen showed shower for a reason today. Yep, DryDeen broke the internet today.
2: Yeah, I'll tip my hat to DryDeen because they had please a don't. big announcement. And I don't, I don't want to steal Jacob's thunder. Would you? I guess you'd like to. I would. It?
1: I would like to say okay, it as a matter ahead. of fact. Drydeen Performance Products will be the primary sponsor for both of the Scott Bloomquist-owned Team Zero Racing dirt late models next season, and that's going to encompass Bloomquist himself and Chris Madden. And for one. Would you hang on a minute? I'm getting there. He likes to build to the... Both cars going to be running full-time, not with the Lucas Oil Late Model Alert Series, but with the World of Outlaws Morton Buildings late model series for two thousand and twenty, a multi year sponsorship deal for Team Zero. I'm not forgetting about Ricky Weiss, but okay. Ricky Weiss doesn't <laughs> drive for Scott Bloomquist, therefore he wasn't relevant in that paragraph.
2: He's technic- he's a he's he was basically Scott Bloomquist's right hand man when it comes to technology for Madden come on. Ricky? Yes, because he's he's remember when Bloomquist got hurt, Ricky was the one they put in that car? And of course, Ricky's been close with Bloomquist. He's basically his closest okay. customer, I'd say.
1: Somehow I missed that, but interesting. Okay. So we have a power trio then, more or less, for and 2020.
2: This, and I would love to get a quote from Mark Richards right now. <laughs>
1: Uh well, Mark Richards has got to be looking over his shoulder going, oh, no, "What did got, I what did I do to deserve this?" We got competition now. <laughs> it's going to make it's going to make the Outlaw late model series for 2020 very very intense. I know and I love the announcement cuz even you've said it Lucas was stacked.
2: Does this kind of even out the playing field here?
1: Not totally, but it's a whole lot closer than what it used to be for sure. Yes, uh, the Outlaws lost Shane Clanton to the Lucas Oil Late Model Dirt Series for 2020 but to pick up Bloomquist who won the Outlaw Championship back in 2004 to pick up Chris Madden who you Blake called the hottest Dirt Late Model Driver in America who right now. He's run
2: second in the points I think two times now?
1: I think he was third one year and second the other. There you go. There we go. I'll um, Last time he ran for the title full time was 2018?
2: He tried this year of course him and Skyline broke up but yeah. it's about time
1: to go to break. It is. is. I'm. Otherwise, we'll never get to break. So we're going to step aside. Motorsports Madness, powered by MyComputerCareer.edu. Training for a Better Life continues in just a couple of minutes. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back.
11: When do you think of a plumber?
8: For more information on firearm storage safety, visit ncpc.org. This message brought to you by the National Crime Prevention Council, the Bureau of Justice Assistance, and the Ag Council.
1: Hi, this is Ty Ingram, and you're listening to the Race Chaser Radio. Now back to the show. Welcome back to Motorsports Madness, inspired by my computer edu training for a better life. Jacob Seelman, Randy Miller, Blake Harris with you as we continue rocking on through this here program. And since Tyler Ankrum brought us back from yes. break, I'm going to toss out one of Blake's uh, patented thunder thoughts here. You're welcome. I made that I reference. I was
2: thinking we should segue to his old employer and their big announcement as well.
1: Ah, well, we'll get to that, too, I, I in, in our top-of-the-hour segment. I actually want to ask a question really fast to uh, the other side of the table here. How do you think uh, GMS Racing handles expanding from two full-time trucks back to four for 2020?
2: Well, technically, there's four... four? full-time trucks, and they're also going to run the fifth truck on a part-time basis.
1: That's true. With
2: Sam Mayer and someone I'm really excited to watch how he does, David Gravel. So I think I think they can handle it. Mike Beam is a really smart mind over there, and they got the right people to be able to handle it. And some a great driver lineup. Let's not look over the driver lineup. They have their Brett Moffat, Sheldon Creed, and, of course, Zane Smith, and Ancrum. Ancrum. So... Anchor made the playoffs, Moffitt made the playoffs, Creed was close to it, and I expect a good running from Zane Smith. I don't know, I think he can maybe get one race, but I think a good showing by Zane Smith will happen, of course. I'm going to put this out there, the limited start Sam Mayer makes, I think he picks up a win for the end of the year.
10: It wouldn't surprise me at all, but, uh, you know, you you look at GMS Racing and the fact that they've, take their Xfinity team away, but they now have four full time trucks. So at least the guys on the Xfinity side still can have a job in 2020 just working on the trucks instead. So I don't, I see it as them actually just expanding one vehicle as opposed to two because you're taking the Xfinity team and putting it into the truck. So technically, That's you're only doing one, one, one ride. But I mean, I think a lot of it depends on if they can figure out the Chevrolet program because Chevrolet's not that strong in, in the on the truck series side. So well, you not
2: gotta, right now, well, you got to think they technically had three trucks because I took. They kept up Stuart Friesen's truck as well last That's year.
1: That's true. That's true. Um, I, I think there was some other personnel from the Halmar side that uh, was helping out there. Right. So a little bit different. Uh, Friesen, of course, mm-hmm. going to Toyota next year with support from Cobbish Motorsports. When we come back, uh, as Blake referenced, we will talk about the former— uh, Ancrum's former employer because, well, they did have a big announcement today that may lead to some other big announcements. Motorsports Madness, powered by mycomputercareer.edu continues in just a couple of minutes.
4: How to be a great dad in 15 seconds. Bike ride, go fish, walk in the park, phone call, milkshake, play catch, picnic, fly a kite, tell jokes, laugh, talk, read a story, tell a story, bumper car, swing set, bowling, pillow fight, cut loose, stay tight. Whew. Because the smallest moments can have the biggest impact on a child's life.
6: one of several entry-level positions but whatever you do don't wait these jobs will go fast call tim at 302-827-2054 that's 302-827-2054 lewis meinecke car care center rev up your career
9: you hear that that's the sound of america's only sports car that's right it's a corvette but not just any corvette
1: I am Casey Kane and you're listening to Race Chaser Radio. Now back to the show. See, now Blake's getting into it. It's the kind of music I like, man. Welcome it's back to Motorsports rocks. Madness powered by mycomputercareer.edu training for a better life. This is not good. My voice is trying to go away on me and we still have another half of this show to do. Yikes. Randy Miller and Blake uh, Harris are here to save me. Wow, I'm having
2: problems.
10: <laughs> have you guys met? <laughs> I'm just curious. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I mean, Lord help. Would you?
2: I'm well, gonna go. I'm gonna go. L- l- so l- l- I'm, I'm gonna, gonna save you there. I'll, I'll, I'll let Jacob. <laughs> maybe. R- I'll,
1: I, l- listen. I'm just gonna go to the topic Blake suggested and save myself here. DGR Crosley announces a manufacturer switch to Ford Performance starting in 2020, <clears throat> which opens up a whole nother beautiful can of worms, doesn't it, Blake?
2: Yes, it does. So they're they actually are announcing a driver lineup. I'm hearing. This coming week. So it's interesting.
1: There is a press conference scheduled for Tuesday at noon to announce the Ford uh, next Ford development And driver.
2: we all thought that they were going to get some of the Toyota up-and-comers, like possibly. <coughs> Let's see, he's losing his voice again. We're going to have to carry this show, Randy. But I think, yeah, I've heard that they were trying to pursue Hayley Dingham. But does Ford put up enough money to get her out of the Toyota branch? That is my only question. Mm-hmm. And other than that... Uh, the other drivers are to speculate because there's only one we're really worried about right now.
1: Haley's the big story, isn't she, Randy? Does Ford have the money to get Haley out of? Toyota? Okay, I'm going to remind Do you the th- same point you did earlier. I'm going to remind you they put up a hundred million dollars to get Stuart Haas away from Chevrolet. That's yes, true. they have That's the very money. True. That is true. Not even a question.
10: I, I think it's a good idea for them, though, because, I mean, if you look at, they had Toyota this year, and they were not even the star of the show. To- K- KBM was the star of the show. So uh-huh. why not take your chips and put them in a different manufacturer and hope that that manufacturer is going to help you achieve the greatness that you want? I mean, they have Thor Sport, and Thor Sport's good, but I, I, think Toyo- I, I think Ford feels like DGR could be better. So therefore, hey, let's throw some money at you guys, and let's get you some good talent, and...
2: Todd Gillwald will do. definitely be a talent for them we've heard. Possibly. Yeah, shocker. <laughs>
1: by by the way, let's let's remind everybody here that Ford did win the drivers' championship with Matt Crafton this year. That is year. true. That is true. So, it, it's not like ThorSport was just totally out to lunch. I just think well, Ford no. I just think Ford wants to expand their presence. We're going to step aside. Life. When we return, we'll go back to Pensacola for snowball derby conversation and chat with the pole sitter for the race, Derek Thorne. Welcome back to Motorsports Madness. Continuing our role across pretty much every spectrum known to man tonight. Jacob Seelman alongside Randy Miller and Blake Harris with Red or James Mellick running the board. And we're going to go I back. to
3: figure this figured out now, guys.
1: Do we finally? I think we might. It's Maybe. only been four months. You're good. Nah. We're all right. (laughs) And we're going to go back to the strutmasters.com hotline here for a couple of minutes and chat with the driver who both, uh, he both won the poll for the 52nd annual Snowball Derby, but he also won the Prolate model Snowflake 100 that was held uh, on Saturday night leading into Snowball Derby Sunday that turned into Monday. Derek Thorne joins us now. Derek also a uh, four-time champion of the SRL Southwest Tour and two-time champion of what will soon be the Arkham. Menards Series West. I think I got all that right because it's been a while since we've had you on, Derek. Welcome back.
12: <laughs> Nailed it, man. Thanks for having
1: me. Uh, so take us back through your weekend because I, where I really want to start is where I didn't get a chance to catch up with you after the race Monday night. Just that car was so fast for a single lap. You started on the pole and it was good early, and then it just seemed like the rest of the race it felt like the story was it was a good car just wasn't quite good yep. enough to be able to do what you needed to do and go run back up at the front of the field
12: uh yeah we kind of got caught um we ended up having a set of tires left at the end of the night and we could have could have pitted earlier on one of the cautions i think she and nasty came in kind of on their own and ended up paying off good for them because i think by the time the late race starts are coming around late race pit stops. I mean there was only like a dozen or fifteen cars in a lead lap. So going to the back only necessarily meant going to fifteenth and not all the way to thirtieth. So that that we kinda of got behind a little bit on, but you know, we were okay. We were top five, uh top four, top five most of the night. Just we knew we had the speed, um, you know, earlier in the week when we tested, but you know, I think it's so hard to that place to predict what might happen and what you might need in the race that we, we felt pretty good about it, but we lost some practice time on Saturday with the Super. We ended up breaking a rear gear and having to change rear ends out. So our didn't get as much time as we might have hoped to do our race runs and stuff and be fine-tuned what we had. But, you know, as you know, with the Derby, you just kind of got to be around at the end and hope for the best. And, you know, we were kind of around at the end. We weren't the dominant car, but we were, we were nearby at least and within, within striking distance.
1: I think and that's really what you've asked for the last couple of years. you know I heard you say a couple years ago just give me a chance and I'll see what I can do with it. Uh, certainly certainly had a decent chance on on Derby Monday night uh, And just think looking back at the race, obviously the turning point for you at the end was the contact there with uh, with Bubba uh, that ultimately led to the spin and you getting uh, getting put to the back uh what happened there fr- from your perspective and then of course the call came down from race control that, that just seemed to mire you after that
12: that actually wasn't really the that wasn't really the struggle i broke the camel's back that one wasn't too bad we we got together just we run out of time and bubba was getting free off of two and tried to set him up a little bit into three and i, I just got down in there underneath him and he left a car with getting in, but then as he got to the center, he just kind of closed the gap, and my my nose was about to the back of his rear tire, so I wasn't all the way in there, but it was late enough in the race where I was kind of needing to go if I was going to go, so I just kind of held my own, and he come down, you know, across the nose, and he ended up spinning. Um, race control deemed that, you know, caution my fault, and so we went to the back, which was like 12th, and then throughout the period of from lap 18 to lap You know, I think we ended up running like 15 laps past the overall deal, but I think from those final 15 laps, we ended up working our way up to sixth again, our fifth, and then that's where we were at on that final restart um, when all hell broke loose with Majeski and Roderick and them guys, Mm -hmm. and that was uh, the the call that really was a frustrating one because we made it through the wreck with contact, but caution, no fault of our own, but that contact was deemed part of the caution even though we had nothing to do with the initial caution and then therefore that was the one that put us to the back with two laps to go
1: do you think had they not made the call that you were in that last accident was the car clean enough other than the hood being buckled that you could have that you could have had a shot at it do you think
12: yes i believe we i believe we could have
1: what do you take away from the the overall experience of the week? Obviously, it was by far the most successful derby week that you've had.
12: Oh, yeah, for sure. We uh, we were surprised. You know, we had good speed on Monday when we tested and uh, we came back on Thursday for the overall practice of the derby and it seems like every time we come back there, every day is different. Cars car's going to feel different. you always You're always looking for a feel behind the wheel and speed, of course, but the feel we never could get back after our test Monday and we tried all day Thursday and Going into the qualifying day, we really knew we had an okay car. It wasn't bad, but I didn't think we had, you know, the the pole speed fast. You know, I didn't know where we stood in comparison to some of those guys. There's a lot of guys that were fast. They just were consistently fast towards the top 10 all week in practice and stuff. And, you know, we went into qualifying. I was really surprised and overjoyed to be able to sit in front of, you know, 57 other really freaking awesome race car drivers from around the country. And then come into Saturday, we really didn't spend a lot of time with our pro late, um, trying to focus on our super, you know, and we qualified second and were able to grab the lead away from Augie late in the race, about 35, 40 laps to go and able to check out and hold on for that deal. So to be able to bring home a, a pole for the derby and the win in the snowflake class, like you said, it's by far the most successful, but. Just an awesome experience all around. You know, to have the speed and to be in contention and to to bring home that stuff there just does something with how good I think our stuff is right now.
1: What has what makes racing the derby and really racing at five flags in general, what makes that so tough and you you said to me it's never the never the same way twice, but it seemed yeah. like you guys yeah. at least for one weekend started to unlock it.
12: No, yeah, we did for for sure. You know, we'll come back in next year with the same setup. It's kind of like listening or reading some of Harrison Burton's quotes. He had that race won last year, you know, and he showed back up with a similar setup this year. And, you know, I think he qualified like 35th or 38th. You know, it's just that that track does that to you. you you'll come in with a similar setup from what you've had in the past, you have success with, and the track just pulls the rug out from underneath you and lands you flat on your ass. And leaves you searching for, you know, something. You start taking stabs in the dark of because it just doesn't make any sense. You know, why would, a, why would a setup be good one one year or one month or one week and then show back up and have to have a completely different setup underneath it to make it work? And it's a frustrating experience. So a lot of times you're racing your competitors, but most of the time you're just racing the racetrack, trying to get a handle on it, what works, what doesn't work. And, you know, you just have to make sure. You always hope that all the everything lines up when it's supposed to. And for us, you know, we had the, the work was put in ahead of time to make sure we were good. But the luck was also on our side where, you know, our setups or our stuff worked well for the conditions at hand for the weekend.
1: So we've seen you, obviously, with uh, with Byron Campbell, with the Campbell Motorsports team, find success out west uh, in SRL uh, the last couple of years. Obviously, you've had success at the Derby when you jumped back in a couple years ago with the West deal. You won the championship. What's, what's next? What does 2020 look like for Derek Thorne?
12: Uh, a lot more of the same, I think. You know, I've been really fortunate. To, uh, Byron's shop is, you know, 20 minutes from where I live, and I'm able to work in the shop full-time on our stuff and my teammate Carlos for years. And I think uh, this coming year, I, I always tell everybody, it just if I'm, I'm, whatever Byron's willing to have me do, I'm honored to do it for him, whether it's a shopping cart or SRL or whatever it may be in between. But I think we'll end up having more of the same this year. We've, They've, uh, with Irwindale Speedway in Southern California, which is one of the tracks you run quite often with the SRL Southwest Tour, they're going to do a big open show, um, bring back the All-Star Shootout in February or February 1st down there. I think that'll be a 25000 to win race. And then there's always three or four of those races throughout the season that Byron kind of hits up. Like the Summer Showdown in Washington, um, All-American 400 if it's still around next year, and then like the Snowball Derby. but. You know, those three or four races, you know, are within. It's obviously expensive to go back and do those races and stuff like that, but those four fit our our schedule nicely, and then hopefully whatever races we can run locally with the SRL Southwest Tour, I think we'll probably hit those up as well.
1: Well, Derek, always a pleasure. Uh, We don't get to do it enough, it seems like, lately, but always a pleasure having you on. Uh, We'll definitely have to get you back on here uh, when we get closer to the All-Star Shootout and uh, see what we can't make of that.
12: That'd be awesome, man. Thank you for having me on.
1: Always fun, like we said. Derek Thorne, the pole sitter for the 52nd Annual Snowball Derby, and uh, I'm sure already motivated to hopefully come back to the 53rd Snowball Derby and rectify that moniker with race winner added to his name. Uh, Fun having Derek on, driver of the Campbell Motorsports number 43. We're going to step aside when we return. Even more talk of news, notes, PRI, things like that. Motorsports Madness, powered by mycomputercareer.edu, rolls on when we come back.
7: HMS Motorsport is the leader in motorsport safety. HMS serves a majority of NASCAR, IndyCar, and IMSA WeatherTech teams, as well as countless SCCA and club level racers and driving enthusiasts throughout North America. Featuring world-renowned brands like Schubert helmets, Schroep belts, Adidas suits and shoes, Bolero fireproof underwear, lifeline fire systems, and even race com radio kits. HMS has the right product for your type of racing and your budget. Their representatives are experts on making your track driving as safe as possible. With locations in Mooresville, North Carolina, and Danvers, Massachusetts, the staff at HMS is always ready to take the time and help you find the right product for your specific safety needs. You have family and friends who care about you, so don't settle for second when it comes to motorsport safety. Just stop in to HMS Motorsport, visit them on their website at hmsmotorsport.com, or send them a message on Facebook. Tell them the folks from Race Chaser Media set ya.
0: Hi, this is John Androsic of Five for Fighting, here for Rad, the entertainment industry's voice for road safety. You know, style is a personal thing, and your lifestyle is your business. But if you take it on the road, It becomes everybody's business. So please, plan ahead, designate before you celebrate. Friends, don't let friends drive drunk.
11: A public service announcement brought to you by RAD, the National Association of Broadcasters and the Ad Council. Hi,
5: this is Chandler Smith, and you're listening to the Race Chaser Radio. Now back to the show.
1: Welcome back to Motorsports Madness, powered by mycomputercareer.edu. I knew Chandler Smith was in there somewhere. Uh, Sixth place finish, certainly not what Kyle Busch Motorsports had hoped for after winning the last two snowball derbies at Five Flags Speedway. But Chandler still uh, seems like he's going to be a big part of the uh, NASCAR Gander RV and Outdoors Truck Series program with KBM in 2020 in the 51 truck. There's a piece of news we can talk about, Randy. The addition of Danny Stockman to the KBM crew chief lineup for 2020. I of all the things that I figured were likely in NASCAR silly season, I did not see that one coming.
10: Yeah, that organization doesn't need any more help. <laughs> <See>? <laughs> no, they really don't. <laughs> it's like let's just go, you know. It's like hiring every you know good uh player in football and put them all in the patriots pretty much right and, and you know <laughs> letting them go to town so
3: yeah i was shocked with that one as well see i saw that jerry baxter left gms oh wow I, knew, I hadn't seen that yeah jerry's not going to be crew chiefing for um moffett next year i saw that he left there and i kind of thought when i saw that <sighs> that he might be going back to kbm because he's already worked there previously right he did and had a kind of, of of a relationship with kyle so I figured he might go back there, but then I saw Danny Stockman, and I was like, uh-oh, wow, that's a uh, huge curveball. So he's on mm. the 51. That's 50 a big
1: grab, yep. And who's on Lassard's truck? Uh, Lassard gets Marcus I Yeah, Marcus Richmond. I had to stop and think about that to make sure. Marcus Richmond to Lassard, And this is the one where I think we're going to see proof that if KBM had done what they should have, We never would have been in the Todd Gilliland-Harrison Burton discussion all year last year like we were. Christian Eckes plus Rudy Fugel on the four truck. Mm. Thank you, people, for doing what you should have done.
10: Yeah, if that would have happened earlier in the season, one of those two guys might still be working for KBM.
2: <laughs> Maybe. No, Gil wouldn't still wouldn't be working for KBM. No, probably not. <laughs> but, uh, and
10: then Burton would have probably uh, Burton probably was primed to go to Xfinity either way. So yeah, oh, no, no probably I, I, re- right,
1: but. I really think Harrison was going to get the Xfinity call up exactly. no matter what. He had exactly. pro- he had proven a lot in that 18 Xfinity car going all the mm-hmm. way back to his debut in April when he ran in the top 5 like it was nobody's business. So yep.
2: And had the best looking car all year doing oh, it. Oh, that text In imaging Xfinity. scheme was beautiful. Oh yeah, for sure. Just behind the Dolly Parton scheme.
1: Tyler, Red- Tyler Tyler, Tyler. will say that was the best looking car. I'm not sure I agree with that, but it went out on the round one of the NBC Sports wrap uh, thing exactly. of the year, and
2: it was the only Xfinity car
1: to make it. I will say that. Anyhow, yeah. So, I'll pose this christian eckes and rudy fewer can they win a championship next year oh
10: championship no races yeah they'll win at least two or three races probably but i don't i don't see them
2: winning i see him as a contender just look what christian eckes barely had time to hop in that truck if just from the chaos of martinsville just him hopping in that truck one of the only starts he gets most of the year he almost won that race and he's been strong in almost every race he's entered so far so I feel like with the combination of him and Rudy Fuel, that'll be definitely one to watch in 2020. I almost said 2019. It's going to take a minute to get used to saying 2020. I, If they don't win the championship, I'll say they make the Final Four in Homestead. Oh,
1: I absolutely think they make the Final Four, no question. And I... I say they will contend to win a championship, if not win the title. They I mean, better
10: contend for a championship. Or Kyle the yeah. year. Well, I mean, just after the year that KBM's had this year, with neither one of their drivers making the playoffs. Exactly. Those all Everybody that comes into the KBM organization from now on is going to be held to the highest regards of the, you better win or you're not going to be here.
1: Right. And. Let's just be frank. Look at what Christian Eckes did in the Arkham Menards series this past year, having to come back from missing a race Mm -hmm. due to food poisoning and an esophageal tear, and he came back and beat out his teammate Michael Self to win the championship in the last race Mm. of the season. The kid is very talented, and I believe he's got all the tools with Rudy Fugel necessary to go out and win
3: a title, period. I agree with you on that one for sure. I agree that that's going to be the top contender. To do it, but he's going to have company, and uh, one of the guys he raced in the Arca Series is going to try to say (laughs) something different. That's Ty Majewski, because he just released. He's going to Nice, so you're going to have a a very, very good young class of uh, truckers out there racing, for sure.
1: Yeah, you do, and I want to get to the Ty Majewski piece of this puzzle, because uh, as Derek mentioned in his interview when we had him on in the last segment, uh, Ty Majewski got his heart broken at the Snowball Derby after leading and 30 almost 140 laps of that race gets wrecked out on the second attempt at overtime but the next day kind of made up for it because as uh, as james just said he's going full-time nascar gander rv and outdoors truck series racing with nice motorsports uh succeeding ross chastain in the number 45 car or 45 truck i should say randy what do you think about the pairing you like it he's got big shoes to fill
10: that's for sure. He does. I mean, and, which I is hard to
1: say because it's Ross Chastain, but, I mean, that that
10: whole team, the whole 45 team, got their eyes put on them because of what Ross Chastain did. And now that Ross is going to College Racing to run the Xfinity Series, the next person that steps in that truck is much like KBM. They're, they're going to expect Ty Majeski to go out and win races immediately. Will he? Maybe. Maybe not. I mean, he's not... He's not somebody that, that I, I would see you know, getting in there and just jumping right into it and winning races right off the bat. It may take him a couple of weeks to get it, but I think he'll get it pretty good. I don't know, though, if that team is going to be as strong this year as it was this past year, because not because Ross is not in the car, but I think there are other teams who, are, who have started to figure out what they did wrong last year that are going to be equally as good as they were um, as
3: the Nice team was this year. I agree. I think that's that Eckes. I think well, Christian Eckes <clears throat> in that 51 is going to be fast.
10: ThorSport will be just as good, and who knows what DGR is going to do? I well, think
3: I think
1: ThorSport will be better than they were this past year. I that's think,
10: scary because they were. I mean, they weren't bad, but they were all consistent.
1: They they were very consistent. They did what they had to do. But I think I think this championship is going to motivate that team even more. The, uh, cha- championships are great. That's the ultimate goal. But this is a team that prides itself on winning races, and they did not do that this year. And I know they're going to want to get back to that very, very quickly. Well,
10: Grant was on in the Inside Pass on Tuesday, and, and he even said, he's like, you know, we, we failed to win races, and that's the one thing that held our team down all season long is because we knew we were getting close, and we knew what we had to do to win. We just couldn't visit victory lane. And he said every week that we went into that shop, it was frustrating to go in that shop knowing that we, you know, we were still... Getting here, you know, without a win and going all the way to the regular season, you know, he's like, winning the regular season championship was great, but we never had a win. And he's like, you know, you can tell me all day long, congratulations on that, but I didn't have a win. So I I didn't feel like I had anything to show for it.
2: Well, I want to circle back to the Nice talk we was doing, but... It was announced this week that Ross Chastain still has plans to participate in all three series. And that third series in the trucks, I have a feeling he'll have a seat open at Nice whenever. Oh, yeah. Yeah, whenever. he'll run that. I feel like he will kind of be a mentor to Majeski and try to keep... I feel like he can have that same fire as he did last year in the truck series. And if he, Ross comes into in them limited races and runs good... That's going to give motivation to Majeski and help their team out as well. So I wouldn't look overlook Majeski and Nice so much. But mm-hmm. remember, around June when Chastain said he was going to run full time, we didn't know <laughs> if Nice would make it through the year. Yeah. last year. So I'm right. just glad to see that they they had a good year and they they have a full time commitment here going through 2020 with
3: Ty Majeski. No, guys, for sure. Who do you guys like to win the owners championship? You just said that their sport was going to get up and be a better team this year. DGR uh, making the switch over to Ford. KBM won it last year. They still your favorites? You like somebody else this year? Can't you know? overlook GMS. <clears throat> you like GMS we, this year?
10: The, to fi- win it? the 51's still going to win five races next year. I, say, I still like <laughs> it. I'm still going to win five races. Exactly.
3: Figured I would throw that one out there because everybody said that everybody was going to start slowly catching up. Um, and I was just wondering if anybody well, thought that the catch KVM. all KVM. but five
2: races. <laughs> yeah. <the> KBM's <laughs> gonna be strong. They're gonna pull Dave Marcus out of retirement for the fifty one. He's gonna go wax the field. <laughs> oh man. The day that that
10: happens is the day that <laughs> somebody's using titanium in their truck. I'm just <laughs> saying. Yeah. Something is going on with that truck oh, if man. that's the case.
2: Something like that. Or you just gotta use wing tips <laughs> on the gas pedal. Ha. That's about all it is. No. Or half Kyle <laughs> Bush is an owner.
1: Ah, there's that too. <laughs> he's he's kinda sorta good. Just a little. So I can I ask a question right quick before we move by away all from
2: means. KBM, do you think even though it was hard for Kyle's trucks not to make the playoffs, does it kind of take pressure off on Kyle that he went and did it himself and won a title? No, because uh, it wasn't his own team. Exactly. I mean, it still kind of takes pressure off his own shoulders. That so. that's true. He's no. probably
10: not as mad as he was, but because <laughs> before the season, you know, before the playoffs started, because I'm I, I know. He was upset about not having either one of his trucks in the playoffs, but then you go on the championship, and it makes it a little bit easier, because at least there's a trophy there with the owner's trophy, you know, exactly. yes yeah. to the owner's trophy. But yeah, it makes it a little better. You obviously you obviously want your own equipment to do good, because it's your money that's fitting the bill for the team. So you obviously exactly. want your team to do good, and if they're not, then, you know, heads are going to roll, and in this case, two 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 very talented guys, you know, are, are I mean, Burton pretty much got a promotion, but... Gillen's still floating out there, in no ride land. But I, know I, I was
1: gonna say, I don't think he's yeah, gonna he be floating be out there has, in his space much longer. His he ship is heading
10: to the land. He just hasn't made it to land.
1: Yet. As I, as I, uh, j- as I said to his father down at the snowball derby, just don't make the kid wait all the way till Christmas.
10: <laughs> oh, he opens it. He opens his Christmas present Christmas morning. and It's like keys to a truck. He's like, "Here's your, here's your keys to your truck." Like,
1: <laughs> something like that. Oh Some man, contract. Yeah, yeah, it might be Who probably on a post-it note.
2: <laughs> Sign. Like, You're my
1: Sign. son. You're racing for me. Get out of here. Sign on the dotted line.
2: Yeah, Just do better than Decker. That's all I ask of you, son. And don't talk. <laughs> and
10: don't talk mess about your your owner in Victory Lane. Right. That's probably and yeah, that that would too. be a
1: major problem. Mm-hmm. Uh, real quickly before we go to break, another news item that broke over the last couple of days: Brennan Poole driving for Premium Motorsports that's in the 15 car in 2020. The mm. bull. I wish he could find a better ride. I, I don't, I, I, I do
2: don't want to watch him run. What is it? They start 40. I don't want to see him run 37th every week. The 41st.
10: Um,
2: but. <laughs> I was about to say 40. <laughs> I was about to say 43rd. <laughs>
10: Either way. I, but, I mean, w- a guy like full just wants to race. You know, he, he got a, a bad rap with the DC Solar thing, you know, knowing that he can run in good equipment. So he just wants to go and run Cup. You know, I know that he's excited about the opportunity. Again, like right. Blake, I wish it was a better opportunity, but it's either run a cup tr- uh, run a cup car or don't run at all. So
1: right. Last radio segment coming up next, where we've got two big items in the Toyota family to talk about. Stay mm. tuned.
4: How to be a great dad in 15 seconds.
6: That's 302-827-2054. Louis Meineke Car Care Center, rev up your career.
9: You hear that? That's the sound of America's only sports car. That's right. It's a Corvette. But not just any Corvette. It's your Corvette.
1: Hi, I'm Cody Connor, and you're listening to Race Chaser Radio. Now back to the show. Welcome back to Motorsports Madness, powered by mycomputercrew.edu, training for a better life. Jacob Seelman, Randy Miller, Blake Harris on the front side of the microphones, and uh, James Mellick, otherwise known as Red, back there punching buttons and sometimes on the end of a microphone, keeping us going. And it's actually been a really fun show so far. Uh, by the way, for those watching on WSIC TV, don't go anywhere after the a, a, after this next 10 or 15 minutes are here because we do have TV overtime coming up before the end too. So that that's just a reminder, pleasant reminder. I have to make the reminder because I haven't been here for a few weeks. Oh, yeah. Randy, we like, missed you. I missed being here. I really. Pr- I promise I did. Race cars are fun, but I did miss being here. I was pleasantly surprised when I walked in and there was a Christmas tree here.
10: It's been there for a while. Awesome. But of course you haven't <laughs> been here. So I know. I mean, we had gifts for you under there too, but then we opened them all. And oh, oof.
2: it's okay. Oof.
1: Yeah. Now the Grinch stole it.
2: Probably just locked him up He's looking the
1: over there anyway. Something like looking that. Looking dead
9: at me. Oh. So Anyhow, we got
1: news. We do have news. Actually, two things. Doesn't Christmas ba- tree. Two things on the uh, Toyota front of things I during this segment. And one of them was the bombshell to end all bombshells, Randy Miller, because Cole Pern took the microphone. I can't unhook this one, but he drop it and go, peace, bye. Yeah, it was kind of unexpected, but I mean,
10: that just goes to show you the the toll that this sport takes on people. Um, no matter what you're doing, whether you're a race car driver like Carl Edwards was, or a crew chief like Cole Pern, eventually you get to a point in your life where you're like, you know what, I just want to spend time at home. I want to be home with my family. You want to go out on top, obviously. I mean, obviously they didn't win the championship this year, but they won the championship last year, so I mean, you know, it's uh, or two years ago. So, you know... You obviously want to do what's best for you, and, and, you know, you got kids that are growing up, and you want to be at home with the wife. You miss all the big events in your kid's life, so you got to do what's best for you. So you can't really, you know, fault him for wanting to to do something else with his life, but you just kind of wonder, you know, where does Martin Turex go from here? Because the only guy he's ever known that that has helped him along the way and got him, you know, pretty much to be the superstar he is now is Cole Pern, and so you kind of wonder where that crew chief-driver combination leads now, because... It's kind of the same thing and I, I mentioned this on Tuesday too. I see Colpern and Martin Turex like Chad Canals and Jimmy Johnson. And you you take their you know, the mentor guy away from them and you're like you are kinda stuck out there in no man's land and Martin's not, you know, twenty three, twenty four years old. He's getting up there in age to the point mm-hmm. where if he's not competitive this year, how much longer does he himself decide he yes. wants to run this this sport before he decides to hang it up too?
2: Well, Martin quoted <laughs> he said in the hunt for a crew chief he wants somebody that will push him like Cole Pern did. Cole Pern pushed him to his limits, and Martin answered. Who could be a crew chief that could push Martin like Cole Pern did? I'll, you were quoting Jimmy Canals. I would say Cole Pern and Martin Truex are the, were the best driver-crew chief combination. I would say this close to near this decade, most of the Jimmy-Chad stuff I'd say was last decade, right. mostly when that magic. I'd say they were the best crew chief driver combination of this decade as we head into the new decade where the change starts to happen who possibly fills the shoes there in that number 19 car and pushes martin that's the real question
10: yeah, and martin is one of those guys and you know we talked about cole pern and how he decided he wanted to spend more time with his family martin you know being up there in age also sherry is not in the best health herself you know she's had a long battle mm-hmm. you know the last several years too mm-hmm. so She's to a, to a point where I'm sure he's thinking about you know I'd rather I'm closer to the end of my career than I am at the beginning of it obviously how many more years do I want to be away from Sherry you know away from from my family and you know away from being able to take care of her to do this on a weekly basis and have a crew chief who's going to as Blake said push me to my limit because if they don't find the right guy and Martin's not happy with that guy then there's going to be tumultuous you know circumstances on that team until something else changes over there but there's a lot of good people over at JGR that they can get but they're got to find the right guy and find the right guy quick
1: yeah they do and i'm i'm struggling just off the top of my head to come up with a name yeah um you know i obviously we know we talked about it that Jerry Baxter's left GMS but i Knowing Jerry's crew chief style, I'm not sure he's. I'm not sure Jerry's that guy.
2: Mm-mm. We go back. I think the best. It, it it won't happen. But I think the best fit for Martin would have been Rudy Fugle. I think he's the only other person that pushes his drivers just as much as Cole Pern did.
1: I think Rudy's happy in the truck series, though. I don't like. I Rudy, said it's not going to happen. Yeah. I just
2: compared him to Cole being able to push him, push drivers like Cole did. There's not a lot of crew chiefs like that.
3: They do have over there at Gibbs, uh, Eric Phillips. So, Eric is there car chief, and he's car chief in the 11 car right now, so he's there as well. Thank you for bringing
1: that up, because, you know, now that you say Eric Phillips' name out loud, he might be one of—he's one of the few that I think could push Truex in a similar manner to what Pern did. Eric Phillips is an outstanding crew chief, and— Uh, That yeah, Uh, Melick may have just hit the nail on the head. That's one that I would seriously look at.
10: Wouldn't you want to go with a a crew chief who is going to forward think into the future though? Because we have a new car in 2021, so wouldn't do? Don't you want a a crew chief who is going (laughs) to be quick to figure out this brand new car coming on the horizon in 2021, as opposed to maybe a veteran crew chief who doesn't, you know, maybe quite, who won't be able to quite figure out that car as quickly as some other people do? Because you know, there's somebody in the garage who is going to figure that car out like that. And they're going to be, you know, busting off wins left and right if they figure that car out right, right. on time.
1: Like Chad and Jimmy did like when the car tomorrow.
2: Did. Rodney uh-huh. Childers are going to do that. I think Rodney Childers, if Kevin stays, I think that's going to be the thing. Rodney's a good
1: engineer. Kevin's mm-hmm. signed through 21 as far as I know.
2: Yeah. I just know because we're losing a lot of drivers' contracts end at
1: 2020. Yeah, so this is going to
10: be quite the interesting phenomenon.
1: Next year for sure. Yep. No doubt. Just for sure. Now, speaking of silly season, let's go back to the dirt and talk about another thing that really stirred the pot. Because
2: it, was, it was a Christmas gift to dirt racing.
1: It was, and it doesn't take effect until 2021, but it's okay because we can talk about it for the next year. Testing next year, next year in 2021. Yes, testing next year, and uh, well, Christopher Bell may or may not have uh, let the cat out of the bag a little bit soon, or at least hinted at it a little bit sooner than maybe was planned, but as it is. Toyota Racing Development, designing a World of Outlaws sprint car motor for the 2021 season. It'll be available in 410 and 360 iterations. And, Blake, we're going to have real manufacturer competition back again. Woo-hoo! I
2: love it. Of course, Donnie Schatz and Tony Stewart Racing come out with that Ford Motor this year. Flat out dominated in their races with it besides Charlotte. Where Sweet got the better of them. Of course, most teams run the Chevy block motor, not backed by Chevrolet, but if Chevrolet backed that, that would make it even more interesting. There's still some Mopar motors floating around. But A with, few. But with Toyota coming in, oh, my gosh. It oh. would be just like in the Cup Series. Of course, in late models, you have the chassis manufacturer battle between Rocket, Longhorn, Masterbuilt, Schwartz-Bloomquist. But in the Sprint cars, you got the motors with now Toyota coming into the picture for great racing. Of course, Bell's team is most likely going to fly that flagship motor. Of course, as Bell has that new sprint car team. But I want to ask you two things, Jacob, that I'm going to ask you. One I've already asked you, but there's one I want to throw in there. Who, Who possibly is the flagship guy besides Bell for Toyota? And could this possibly be a reason Toyota reached out to Stuart Friesen?
1: Ooh... Ooh! I didn't ask you that earlier. I didn't get time. No, you didn't. Um, wow. Boy, is that an interesting thought? Because Friesen has run and won at the top level of sprint car racing in the yep. past.
10: You know, it it, would, it could do a lot for a Toyota Racing Development too, because they can pull guys from the sprint car program. Right. Well, there are some guys so. that just don't want to run midgets. Right. Right, and there's some guys that don't want to run Cup. They want to stay in sprint cars, exactly. which is good for the sport. But yep. I, for the, for the sake of, of the competition in the world of outlaws, I, you, everybody there better hope that Toyota's motor that they come up with isn't as good as the one that they put in the Cup Series because otherwise...
1: It's over. that, like, I,
10: that they're going to be chasing Toyota for the entire 24 They better ho- they better
1: hope that Toyota doesn't come out of the box as strong as right. Ford well, as, as strong as Ford came out of the box with Donnie Schatz and yeah. Tony Stewart yes. because mm-hmm. they came out of the box and were winning races right well, away. you know they're not going right for anything less than perfection. So, no. you know, I mean,
10: they're, why they're taking a year
1: better. to test. Exactly. Oh, yeah, Take a year to test, get it right and, you know, I hinted at this with Blake, but you know, if they want to come right in and be b Going tit for tat right off the gun, I suggested. You know they ought to be looking at trying to get Casey Kane Racing on board with the Toyota Motors for 2021. Mm -hmm. Can you imagine Toyota versus Ford, sweet versus shots Oh my goodness!
10: You know they're going to go after at
1: least one of the big teams.
10: They've got. They're going to want that competition against the Ford camp right off the bat. So and
2: and with all this experience coming in with grassroots racing and the manufacturer, you know that's going to make Chevy want to come in because they well, don't want to get left out. I behind. hope
1: so. You know, that's the one thing. The, the standard sprint car block is basically based off a Chevy V8. It's just not factory supported yes. so we're basically going to have chevy ford and toyota in sprint car racing and i hope maybe this talks chevrolet into getting some factory support back in because then you've got the big three in grassroots racing just like you do in nascar racing and that's Poss- a huge
2: talking then point. we could possibly get ls technology when chevy comes around imagine that one
1: Ooh, hadn't even thought about that that's fun Now, to answer your other question, Blake, that you posed that I completely glossed over, um, Gio Selzy comes to mind as somebody who in the sprint car world could be be a potential superstar or a long-term development driver for them. We know he's been working with them on the midget side right now with uh, Tucker Boat Motorsports. But I also know that Gio's heart is in sprint car racing as much as anything. And if there's an opportunity to get him in a Toyota sprint car, I believe he would take it. Um but as for the outlaw side, you've got you've gotta poach one of the big teams. You have to poach well, one of the big teams. And I'm looking at well, you you ask yourself, Larson already runs Speedway Toyotas in his midget program does that automatically translate over for klr on the sprint car side possibly well
2: there's one thought that goes through my mind with keith coons basically being the flagship guy of toyota they got the 410 sprint car and they got a talented driver that i think if they put the funds into him can go full time <laughs> and do good whether it be on the outlaws or all-star put buddy Cofoyd in that car put a toyota motor in it i see success
1: Ooh. yes i i have thought about that and I think if they are doing testing with the, with the Toyota Sprint Car Motor in 2020, Buddy's a logical choice as far as a young uh, guy to take some laps and, and really start figuring that thing out. I would have said CV, but guess who's
2: See, not at there anymore?
1: Yes. I, I missed, Logan Seavey was the first person that came to, mind, to he, my mind just because he had I, I, already I, ran Toyota.
2: Let's right. talk about that. Let's hint so. that for a minute Yes, there. please.
1: Kevin Swindell with the best hire of the offseason. Logan Seavey driving the 39 car at Gateway and at the Chili Bowl Nationals. We already
2: think Seavey's good. Imagine the lessons that Sammy can give him.
1: Not just Sammy, but Kevin, too, for that Defi- matter.
2: That's what... Went. You thought he was good with Keith Coons. Wait till you get some of these experienced guys like Swindells come in and kind of critique some of his driving. He's he's about, I'd say he's about 95% perfect. The Swindells can give him that extra five to make him possibly the best driver around.
1: And this, this piece will come out over the weekend. I actually got a chance to talk to Kevin Swindell while I was uh, stuck in Pensacola during the rain delay. Um... And Kevin told me, he said, you know, signing CV was about timing, but Gateway is going to be a big deal for their program because the last couple of years, basically, the drivers they've brought in have been thrown to the Wolves at Chili Bowl, not knowing what to expect. Now, Logan's going to get some extra track time and already have an idea of what he needs out of that 39 car to have success. And I think that's going to make them dangerous when we get to Tulsa. Mm hmm. Is, is Baston got a ride yet for the indoor? Um, I don't know if he's running Gateway with them, but I know for sure he's running one of the two Hayward Motorsports number 19 cars at okay. Chili Bowl. It's going to be Baston and Tanner Thorson.
2: Because I know he's basically Swindell's guy on the 410 side. That's yeah. What I was thinking. Well,
1: he has been in the past, uh, the yeah. rekindling at Charlotte, but now uh, Baston is driving for uh, Bertie Hayward at Chili Bowl. Okay. So... We are going to get ready to dig into our white, fla- white flag lap for our radio audience and uh, one of our last couple laps on the TV side. So we're going to step away to a break, and when we return, even more thoughts on the madness. Don't go anywhere. We're right back after this.
8: Here's an important message from Rad and this station.
0: Welcome
1: back to Motorsports Madness, powered by MyComputerCareer.edu, training for a better life. Jacob Seelman, Randy Miller, Blake Harris, James Mellick, as we go into our final radio segment. Stay tuned, TV Overtime, up next, WSIC viewers. So I'm going to close with and around the table for the three of you. Mm-hmm. Biggest surprise so far out of PRI week. Blake. Man, you're putting me on the spot. Yes, I am. This is what I do. I don't know if I have a big
2: shock from PRI. Well, I'd say the biggest shock was the selling of Bell helmets.
1: I said PRI week, not necessarily Uh, just today.
2: Yeah. There's not really a shock that I have in mind from this week. But you said the sale of Bell? The sale of Bell helmets. But the thing uh, I... Like most was McCready's new pairing with Bill Sting in the Longhorn House car, owned by Donald Bradshaw. I thought that was a good move.
1: Sorry, he's not familiar with these short, stubby segments. <laughs> no, Randy. No.
10: <laughs> he has to do his own show. Uh, I'm, I'm kind of with Blake. I mean, a lot of the things that we're hearing are things we have thought were going to happen or rumors that we've been hearing about anyway, so it's not really a shock to hear them. So, I mean, I don't really know of anything that really stands out to me.
3: Malik, anything that stands out to you? Uh, Yeah, mine was the Felix Vadas getting out. That was a shock to me.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, I've I got to say, I was a little surprised that uh, that Felix was calling it quits here, but we certainly wish him well going into retirement, and uh, we want to wish Tom Baker well, and we hope to get him back here in the WSIC studio for Lead Lap on Monday. Uh hear uh wsic pmn all that fun stuff we miss him but he's h- up having fun at pri right now we're going to draw a close to the radio portion of madness tv overtime up next so don't go anywhere all you that are watching on television but until then keep it off the wall folks and we'll see you at the race track have a is. safe racing weekend good night
0: you've been listening to motorsports madness powered by mycomputercareer.edu training for a better life you can be an it professional in as little as four months Visit mycomputercareer.edu and take the free career evaluation test today. Motorsports Madness, a Race Chaser Media production. For more exciting and passionate motorsports content, follow Race Chaser Media on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube and visit RaceChaserMedia.com. The opinions expressed by our guests are their own and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff, management, affiliates, or marketing partners of Race Chaser Media. No part of this show may be reproduced in any manner without the expressed written consent of RaceChaser Media. Thank you for listening.